Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington. And in this episode, I talked to Jesse Lakes about the potential supply chain issues and out of stock troubles that we may have as affiliates. Now, products being out of stock is something we probably need to stay on top of in general, but the supply chain issues this year in 2021 might get worse and it's kind of rolling right into the retail season. So it's something we need to stay on top of. So Jesse will walk us through a few things that we can do to you know, maybe help that out. Before I send it to the interview, I do need to give a shout out to Otis Global, that's O-D-Y-S, and they have age domains with strong branding, and they sponsor some of the shows and some of the things I work on. And I'm going to feature a specific site today. It's called myblastoff.com, and it was originally focused on high-end business coaching targeting C-level, like CEO and CFO uh, members of the team. So it was a platform for the owner to sell a book and basically some mentorship and everything around sort of career coaching at a high executive level. It was created in 2008, so it's 13 years old. It has a domain rating of 21 and a domain authority of 31. And if you are, you know, potentially a business coach of any kind or have, you know, anything business related, you probably can use this domain. There are 101 do follow referring domains, and it has links from websites like entrepreneur.com, businessnewsdaily, businessinsider.com.au, the Australia version. So if you join Otis using my affiliate link, you can get $100 into your account. So I appreciate Otis stepping up and sponsoring these shows. Now let's get over to the interview. So Jesse, how are you doing today? Doing great. Yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me back. It's always a, always a pleasure to, to talk shop with uh, you and, and your audience. It's been a while and I'll, I'll let everyone know you've been on the show. I don't even know like four or five times. So we'll link up and people can hear a little bit more about you personally, but just a quick intro. Who are you and what do you do over at Genius Link? Sure. So I'm uh, I'm the co-founder of Genius Link. So anything from cheerleader to, to janitor. Uh, also enjoy a lot of the strategic pieces and uh, working on product vision. Um, and yeah, Genius Link is a link management platform. We do a lot with Amazon's ecosystem to to make it better and, and help uh, affiliate marketers earn more money. And for the people that don't know what Genius Link is, can you give your quick elevator pitch? And of course, people could check the link and and learn a little bit more, but what does Genius Link do? Sure. Uh, Genius Link helps affiliate marketers uh, earn earn more revenue from their international audience. Uh, Think of it as a a premium version of OneLink. Okay, perfect. And we're just going to launch right into making sure we maximize our revenue and stay ahead of any sort of like out of stock issues. And from a, I'm not going to get you to describe the global political environment here or anything like that. But we don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. We'd love to get your thoughts, but it would change the tone of this whole interview. But the um, supply chain issues that I think, you know, some people here in the US are already seeing sometimes at the grocery store, sometimes in other places. But can you just sort of generally describe what's going on and how it might impact um, people that earn money, not just from, you know, Amazon affiliate um, 
revenue, but from other affiliate programs as well, because the supply chain is sort of uh, all encompassing. Exactly right. So supply chain is that web of things that make the product that you want to buy available for you to buy it. Um, and it's like you said, it, it, it's important for all different sorts of businesses that deal with physical goods and how that relates to us is just as you said, you know, if your you know, favorite cereal isn't on the shelf at the, the grocery store, not only does that suck, but it sucks because you can't buy it. And when you can't buy it, that sucks for lots of different aspects. Yes, your 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 favorite cereal isn't there in the morning, but it also means the store sold less, and you know the, the person that the delivered stuff you know didn't make as much as as well. So there's all these kind of cascading effects that, that run into issues. But ultimately, because the store wasn't able to make a sale, is that the corollary that goes back to you as the affiliate marketer? If you're promoting products that aren't in stock it's really hard for you to get that conversion. If you don't get that conversion, you don't get that sale. And if you don't get that sale, you don't get that commission. So whatever issue in China with some boat can directly impact you by you not being able to earn those commissions. And it's a, a crazy web, a, you know, a series of events to get there. But that's really kind of the issue that we've really started to see more and more is that we have all these clients are doing all the right things, but unfortunately, you know, Amazon or whatever retailer just are not upholding their side of the bargain. They don't have the products available for sale that they did weeks or months or years ago that have, have worked so well for these affiliate marketers before. So something that converted well and had, you know, uh, an EPC of whatever it was before that EPC and those conversion rates are, are dropping because those products aren't in stock. Um, and there's not a lot that you can do about it kind of at a macro sense, but I think what we're going to get into here in a, a few is some of the kind of the um, strategic pieces that you can start to do specifically for your customers, uh, your, your shoppers, the people on your sites and, and something you can do with your links, but I'll, I'll wait for you to get us there. Okay. And I want to ask kind of on a personal level, is there a cereal that you're not able to get right now? Cause you really honed in on not being able to get that cereal. <laughs> You know, um, I missed lunch and I can only think of <laughs> uh, the cereal that my, my wife found the other day. Um, you had oatmeal cream pies growing up, I'm sure, right? Yeah, oh, Little yeah. Debbie, oatmeal cream pies. My wife found oatmeal cream pie cereal. Um, and so we've only had one box of it so far, but that was one of the tastiest boxes of cereal I've had in a long time. I'm not a big fan of sugar cereals. I'm normally a granola type of guy. Um, but that, that oatmeal cream pie cereal was pretty amazing. So anyway, sorry for the, uh, <laughs> was it like little, like the actual little, like cream filled and everything? No, it wasn't cream filled. But it was like oversized, uh, Cheerios. Uh, but then they were kind of like coated in like the cream sauce. So you let them sit in your, your bowl just long enough, your milk tastes like the cream. And then they had like kind of that oatmeal cookie yeah. tasty. Oh, it was, it's yeah. If, if I can find more of it, it's going to be the Christmas present I send to everyone. They're <laughs> that right. good. I'll get you my address. And uh, <laughs> even if it's after Christmas, feel free to send it over. Okay. Okay. So so back on track, I will just mention um, people can go and Google or go to YouTube and look up some of the supply chain issues. And it's not just like the products at Amazon are not in stock. It's like <clears throat> people that are building products. Let's say I am a... Um, you know, a small electronics manufacturer, I can't get my materials in and I can't get my parts. And then I'm waiting for those, even if they are actually like in a, you know, freight container sitting off the coast uh, somewhere, they're not even being unloaded. 
to get to a truck and the trucks are not available to be shipped and then warehouses are unable to unload them. So like every step of the way, there's an issue. And like I said, it does get into geopolitical other things. So you can Google and then look, read whatever you want to read and learn learn about it in whatever way you want, but it's a cascading issue that mm-hmm. will probably be felt for, you know, a while because mm-hmm. of each step of the way, there's some, some problem. And unfortunately the vaccine is not going to fix this problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's a problem. It sounds like it's been years in the making and it'll probably be years to, to kind of clean it up and, and hopefully yeah, things, things get better. But that, that abundance on the shelves that we were so reliant on, um, for so long is is kind of a surprise that that's it's it's something we shouldn't have um, taken for granted. So we will see this um, impacting us as affiliate site owners or people that have like YouTube channels and stuff like that. Um, so how will this manifest itself? Um, and you you kind of mentioned it before, but specifically we have websites, like you said, maybe we've been doing well with a specific product or product line. People now click over and what happens? Yeah, it's again, as affiliate marketers, we earn commissions when a sale happens, right? A CPA cost per action. That sale happens, we earn a a commission back on it. That sale has to happen. And these stores aren't going to sell you something unless they can. Um, You know, there's obviously some exceptions, um, some some screw ups. But for the most part, if something's out of stock, they can't sell it. You can't earn a commission. You don't earn the revenue that you get. You know your monthly paycheck is is smaller. So you see it specifically because your conversion rates drop. You know your clicks may stay the same, but your conversion rates are going to drop. Your conversion rates and your your commissions are going to drop, and it just kind of again compounds to that that check likely being smaller. And again, it's last year at this time was was probably a very different story. Um, and you know we're we're ramping to the holidays where. Typically, things are, are ramping up. Our, our conversion rates are getting better because everyone's doing their Christmas shopping, holiday shopping. You know, our, our commission checks are getting bigger, bigger because of, of all those extra uh, sales that are happening. And we're we're kind of in this weird spot that it seems that some some companies aren't doing the same level of Black Friday sales. So they started their Black Friday even earlier, or they have such limited inventory they're not going to discount it because they have no need to. They're going to sell out of it regardless. Um, so all those things, again, kind of compound into a really interesting situation where shoppers are acting weird. But even when you do convince a shopper this is the product they need to buy today, if it's not in stock, you can't earn commissions. Okay. So what what can we do? <laughs> uh, besides fix the global supply chain? No, no we can't do that. Um, if you can, please do. Uh, you'll, you'll make a lot of ha- people happy. One of the things that we found is um, we kind of found it by accident. And, and the story goes is that um, last year for the, the Genius Link team, uh, we bought the uh, Oculus, Quet v- Oculus Quest VR headsets for everyone. Uh, we'd all been apart for, for quite some time. Um, we found a couple of really fun games to play together. So the goal was to buy everyone a, a headset. Uh, and of course, we decided on this, you know, like the week before Christmas, and it was a pretty popular item last year. So oh, we work a lot in Amazon's ecosystems. Uh, you know, we were all Amazon Prime uh, members. So let's go to, to Prime to, or to Amazon to buy. It. Wasn't in stock. Okay, well, there's a a Target not too far away. Let's let's go there because we can, you know, buy it online and just pick up. Wasn't in stock there. Uh, you know, it turns out it was at Best Buy. I haven't been a fan of Best Buy for, for quite some time. I don't know. Maybe it's the color of blue, but um Turns out it was there. So normally where I would not buy at Best Buy, I, I did buy at Best Buy. So that was kind of the, the lesson of 
my loyalty to certain brands disappeared. It was more important to have the product than it was to to kind of uh, take that that loyalty that had been slowly kind of built out. You know, Prime does a good job of it. You know, having a shop locally that you know you, you buy and, and curbside pickup. But it, it came down to a store that just had it in stock. So the lesson that we kind of learned there. Um, got amplified a bit more with some of the testing we've been doing over a while. And it comes back to this whole concept of, of multi-retailer. Um, you may have a preference and my preference may be different than your preference. Um, and that's all important. And when we can honor those preferences, we, we, you know, supply chain aside, we typically do better from conversion rates. But now that we're starting to see that some retailers don't have it in stock, there seems to be some real benefit of giving your readers some options on where that product may actually be in stock. Just because it's out of stock at Amazon doesn't mean it's out of stock at Target or Best Buy, right? Um, they, they manage the inventory differently. They, they have different schedules, different agreements, et cetera. So it seems, um, again, we, we see some, some uh, efforts in, in increasing your conversion rates from just giving people choices to begin with, but also seems to be solving some, not all, but some of those, those supply chain issues as well. So you have a, a link for Oculus Quest, don't just send me to Amazon because it's out of stock. Send me to all three, and all of a sudden, Best Buy is going to be blowing up their their clicks and conversions for you because they actually had it in stock. They can actually convert on that sale for that intent that you generated. They can they can fix it. They can sell it. You'll get a commission. And Got better it. to get a small percentage, even though you know I'm racking on Best Buy here a lot. Maybe it's the blue. Maybe it's their affiliate program only paying out half a percent for electronics. Uh, but still, it's better to get half a percent of a sale than zero percent or 4% of no sale, which is $0, of course. <laughs> okay, got it. And to be specific, there's probably a couple ways to implement this. So it would, you know, we can maybe visualize what some of the bigger affiliate sites mm -hmm. do, maybe like the wire cutter, for example, and they would have a link to Amazon. Maybe they have a link to some other retailers where they know the product is available or they have an agreement. So that's one way to do it. And I'm sure, um, you know, we, we always accidentally turn this into a commercial for genius link, but genius link <laughs> has a solution for that. Right. Yeah. We've been, uh, experimenting with this thing called a choice page. Right. And the idea is that, you know, you as a affiliate marketer, you know, the right products to promote and the choice page really kind of helps you with that last mile of here's the product, a landing page, two or three, or, you know, as many buy buttons as you want of, of retailers that you trust or affiliate programs that you, you like to leverage. So each of those little buy buttons there, of course it has some, um, uh, FTC compliance, Amazon compliance pieces as well. But the idea is that you recommend the product will help take that that recommendation and turn it into affiliate commission by providing the different retailers that supply that product. And you have some data based on the choice pace pages that show that when people have a choice and they click and maybe they go check all of the retailers, mm -hmm. um, the conversion rate is higher, right? I don't know if you know that off the top of your head or something close. Yeah, so there's a couple different ways to to structure this, right? So one of the, the ways that traditionally has worked well is, you know, find the best price below. Here's here's three or four buttons, find the best price below. That encourages people to kind of do this due diligence piece, right? And maybe it's due diligence for the lowest price, maybe it's due diligence for actually having it in stock. But every time you click on one of those affiliate links, you're having them set a cookie in their browser. Um, and that's really kind of the name of the game. The more browser, you know, affiliate cookies that can be set in that browser, the more likely that you're actually going to have a chance to convert. So maybe, you know, you're looking today for that Oculus Quest at Target and you don't actually buy it, but because Target's, you know, cookie window is three days, I'm making this up. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but you go back and buy something from Target at day two. 
Turns out you're still getting a commission for that. So again, setting those cookie windows can be very advantageous. Also, encouraging people to kind of do the research helps them build momentum to actually buy it once they find it. They're they're more comfortable with that purchase. Um, so back to your question, when we tested choice pages from, from social media, so we work with a lot of YouTubers, we found across 10 different YouTubers, um, we ran, uh, I think it was close to 100 links for, for many tens of thousands of clicks, that the conversion rate was actually about 2.4 times higher uh, versus an Amazon link. So we did a, an A-B split test. So 50% of the traffic would go directly to Amazon. The other 50% would go to a choice page. That choice page you know, converted over two times better. Um, converted and the earnings per click. So it was like 2.4 and 2.37 or something um, were, were the conversion rate in the EPC. So significantly better to send people to, to that multi-retailer piece. On websites, our, our, our um, testing has been a little bit more limited. Um, with, with Kit, which is a, a website that we run that uh, promotes gear um, or has influencers share the gear they've got and helps them promote it. Uh, we've been experimenting with choice pages there as well. We see that the, the lift is, uh, it's not, it's not you know, we're not doubling, but we are seeing about a 40% lift in, in commission rates and conversion rates as well. And that's a very, a couple of the other case studies we've done as well are kind of in that, that 40, you know, 30 to 40, sometimes even 50% range as well. So choice pages seem to do a little bit better on social media, probably because how they're packaged. Uh, but we do see that multi-retailer piece works quite well still on, on websites as well. Okay. Well, and I was going to say two and a half times greater is a, you know, <laughs> such a huge amount. So I would expect, you know, probably on a website, sending someone to a choice page would, you know, you have very targeted traffic, but it's different kind of traffic than would come mm -hmm. from someone who actually left a YouTube video to go look at a product like that's a specific person they're really interested in getting the product yeah so okay so in general giving people choices and letting them research on their own kind of uh i mean it converts better basically so how much from, we don't know from what we've seen and th there are some caveats there as well you know take this all with a grain of salt right a choice page may not work well for you typically the, the people we've worked with on choice pages are typically for higher priced items if you're promoting toothpaste, a choice page may not make sense for you as far as that conversion lift. With the global supply chain, you know, constraints that we're talking about, that may change. It may be that your know, toothpaste, like cereal, is getting harder to find. Um, but typically, that higher price item where people, in general, would spend a little bit more time doing some research before they actually, you know, spend a thousand dollars on a camera lens or you know, eight hundred on a tripod or or whatever it may be. Uh, that's where it really worked well. Again, I don't have data specifically for lower priced items. Um, if there's someone in the audience that would love to run a test, I'm yeah happy happy to explore that with them. Okay, and just a quick summary. So one could do this with choice pages if they mm -hmm. are a Genius Link user. But you can do this on your own. So you don't have Absolutely. to use the choice page. You could just create the buttons on your own and uh, or links or however you want to send people to using your affiliate uh, tracking link and you're good to go. So however you want to test it out and try it, uh, giving people a choice is probably going to work out pretty well. Exactly. That's that's the from what we've seen. Again, uh, we're still learning. You know, we've been into this for you know, three plus years, but we're still learning every day. So um Take it with a grain of salt, but from our testing, it's been pretty positive. Again, would would love to hear more stories of people succeeding or not. Um, you know, it's you, know, you have to invent a light bulb a thousand times the wrong way, I guess, before you get it the right way. And someone like Benjamin Franklin said that. Um, Edison, so right, he was a light bulb. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Wow, <laughs> you were just gonna edit that part out, right? Yeah.
<laughs> no, we're we're definitely leaving the anything that makes me sound smart. We'll leave that. Uh, you you so. win on that one. All right. So the other thing that uh, Genius Link can do, and there's other tools that do this as well, but very hard to manage on your own, is out of stock items. So that's something that you kind of can stay ahead of, um, but you know, one sort of flaw with, you know, just, you know, getting a report and then ch- changing the links or, or whatever is those products could get back in stock. Again, with the supply chain fluctuation, you may not want to like write off a product, but can you kind of describe the, uh, the way that Genius Link works for the out of stock items? Sure. So there's two different aspects of this, right? So we have a link health report. So uh, again, just like sending all your traffic to a product that's uh, for a link that's broken, the same is, is true for out of stock. It, it, you're, you're wasting that effort to try to recommend and promote a product that, that's not available for sale. It's a dead end buying experience. So we have a uh, alerting system inside the dashboard. Uh, we'll give you a report of what products you know, ranked by uh, the number of clicks again, the, the popularity telling you, you know, what's, what's not working. Again, you're absolutely right that things can go in and out of stock and the, 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 the system, the list self heals. So if it's been out of, um, out of stock for I think it's a uh, 24 or 36 hours. It'll check, you know, keep checking, and then it'll if it comes back into stock, it'll it'll drop down. Um, so the ones that get to the top of the list have typically been there a bit longer, and you know those are the ones that are the most important. So that's one side of it. The second side of it is when we do our link translation, we check that the inventory level when we uh, we send to that that other item. So we by default will not send to a product that's out of stock um, when we're doing that that localization you'll get a click from the uk we don't want to send to a uk you know the amazon uk store for products out of stock we will you know search for the uh the same product that, that is in stock under a different asin or we'll drop you to a search so you can find the corollary as well so um yeah at the end of the day there's no point not being able to buy uh we want you to be able to buy that's the most important thing for those consumers because if they can't buy you can't earn commissions. Cool. Okay. So I think we've we've covered sort of the the broad areas. Is there some nuance that I missed and didn't ask you about with this, Jesse, or some other you know strategies that people can use to sort of stay on top of it and not you know lose revenue because things are either out of stock or anything related to it. I think, you know, and this goes back to some of the general principles, just being transparent about what's going on, you know, noting that, you know, you've noticed that things are coming in and out of stock and that maybe they should leave you their email so that you can build up that, you know, so you can let them know when you see it come back into stock, right? Building that email list is one of the most valuable things that a website owner can do or uh, a social media influencer creator can do. So just you know, being being honest with people and letting them know, encouraging them, you know, you, fa- you last time you checked, it was in stock in these four stores, you know, ch- be sure to check your inventory levels, et cetera. And just you know, encouraging them to, to move forward and click those links. Of course, you have to be careful. You can't tell them to click an affiliate link, at least according to Amazon, but, you know, encouraging them to check for inventory levels or, you know, uh, the, the, you know, check price is a, another common call to action as well. So just be transparent, you know, add value to that buyer journey and you'll be rewarded for it is, is typically the, the best way to go about it. But there's a million different nuances and yeah, hopefully, hopefully you, you find them uh, and, and find solutions to them sooner than later. I'm going to ask one more question around sort of the choice page and putting different affiliate programs on the same page as Amazon. So I know mm-hmm. you can't answer officially. People need to talk to their own lawyers that they have uh, on retainer 
which we none of us do, but can you give us some, <laughs> say, general advice, which is not legal advice around having, you know, multiple affiliate programs on the same page as an Amazon affiliate link? Sure. So I think it's um, in the Amazon operating agreement uh, policies page rule X or Y or Z. It's, it's kind of towards the list of the policies page it has some really vague and hard to understand language uh, talking about I- exactly this. So from our research and from our conversations, it is okay to use Amazon's assets as long as the Amazon button is closest, is most prominent, et cetera. So you'll see this again, you know, wire cutter, uh, uh, digital trends, you know, some the, the, the top performers in kind of the, the affiliate space, the, the big names, at least in the affiliate space, you'll very often see, you know, different bits of information uh, about the product. And Amazon almost always goes first. And it's typically to make them uh, in compliance with that, that rule X or rule Z, whatever that rule is about the assets included. So I have never heard of anyone being kicked out of the affiliate program for violating that rule um, because it's it's really easy just to make sure it's it's there. Um, I think it's one of those rules that are probably there to, to cover their butt, but is not the, the top of, of the list for, for their compliance piece. So if you're going to use Amazon's assets, give them the benefit of the doubt and put Amazon's button first. Um, when I was at yeah, the global program manager for the iTunes affiliate program a decade ago, that was how our rules specifically read. If you're going to use the, the iTunes assets for song snippets or album covers, you have to have an affiliate link there. You can't just use the assets to make a background soundtrack for your app, which someone did and got in trouble for. Okay. And I know people were, were probably thinking about that. There's a lot of um, different opinions out there. So again, consult your law- lawyer. Uh, Jesse and I are not lawyers and you'll have to nope. make sort of your, your own decision based on the information that we talked about today and whatever research uh, you can do out there. This is awesome, Jesse. Um, you can uh, follow the link in the description and show notes because there's a, a blog post associated with this topic over at Genius Link. And uh, Jesse, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Where can people find you? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I'm on, <laughs> I'm, I'm in many places. Uh, LinkedIn is probably the, the place I respond to quickest. Um, I think it's just uh, slash Jesse Lakes. And on Twitter, um, I believe it's just Jay Lakes. Um, but yeah, at Genius Link as well. I'm I keep a pretty close eye there. So yeah, uh, if I can help in any way, make uh, make your holidays uh, successful. Please let me know. All right, and thanks for the tip on the cereal too. That sounds delicious. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Talk to you later, man. Thanks for checking out this episode. And as I mentioned. I don't even remember how many times when I was talking to Jesse, but he's been on the show several times. So it'll be worthwhile if you have a listen to some of those other episodes. He has a lot of stories and he's been doing things related to affiliate marketing for a while at a pretty high level. He worked at Apple, which is kind of cool. And his, yeah, his story and the company's story is pretty amazing. So I think I was, I was going to try and tell some story about something or other, but I don't remember at this point. And what I will mention instead is I was having a good time last night. My friend Matt Giovanisi came over and we recorded a couple episodes and they're coming up soon. I'm sort of spreading them out. So one will be coming up before too long. And then another one is coming out like a month later. 
but we had a little extra time and a little extra beer. So what we did was a live stream, completely unplanned live stream after we already recorded two podcast episodes and then just talked about whatever for probably an hour or so before we started the live stream and just a handful of people popped on, but it was pretty fun. And one thing I'm going to do, I haven't even checked with Matt yet, but I will in just a bit, but he told a great story about his podcast, his old podcast, Listen Money Matters, and kind of gave like the background around, you know, what happened, like the growth and decline of that podcast, because it's huge. And what I was thinking of doing, because I actually re-listened to that portion, which is kind of weird, I re-listened to my own live stream, but I was, I really wanted to hear what Matt had to say when I could really pay attention a little bit more and not manage the live stream and, you know, not actually have consumed, you know, several beers beforehand. It was a great story. He really laid it out and he's such a, you know, an honest, honest guy. He just tells it exactly, you know, how it is. So we really got the sort of behind the music style description of what happened with Listen Money Matters. So if you if you stuck around for the whole end of the episode here, that is something you could check out. There is uh, the live stream which exists. And it's about an hour long, but I think I'm gonna you know check with Matt if it's okay, and I'll pull that 15 minutes or so where he really goes into some of the details. I'm gonna edit it down because that, that's a struggle with a live stream. It was like this is awesome, but really like the best parts need to be distilled down, refined a little bit tightened up. I don't think I need to add any other commentary around it, but it was pretty cool to hear, you know, that story. I've heard portions of it before, but you know, this was in a recorded format so we can share it with other people. I guess I did have a story. Okay. If you haven't left a review for the podcast, I would love it if you did. I don't ask for that often enough. And uh, as time has gone by, I mean, this is episode 300, and I know a lot of people actually do listen to the show. I can see that through the analytics, and I don't have as many reviews as I would have expected based on the number of people that I know are downloading, unless there's like phantom people out there downloading on multiple devices, and I have skewed, untrue analytics. But the point is, if you have a minute, please leave a review. I would really appreciate it. Tell a friend. I mean, that's even better. You know, if if you can only pick one of those things, get more people to check out the show. All right. Have a good day out there. We'll catch you on the next episode.